0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and today you're listening to episode 22. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, I used to call these the top 10 Tuesday episodes, and I've strayed from that a little bit. Uh, bear with me. Still kind of playing around with some things. But today, I do not have a top 10 list. Today, I want to talk about body stuff. Because this is something that comes up often in my life, in the media that I consume, on the blogs that I read, on the people I follow on Instagram. It's like it's everywhere. If you're a 20 or 30 something woman or I mean probably any age, man or woman, this stuff comes up all the time. So. I, if you read my blog, I wrote about this pretty recently and I wanted to share some similar thoughts here today because it's kind of nice to talk through all of this stuff in addition to writing about it. So, how I finally got over my body issues. Let's get into it. First, I'll give you some background. Um, I went to a November Project workout. In March, so about a month and a half ago, and I hadn't been going to November Project in a while. It's a it's a free fitness group. They're in like thirty three cities now. I've been working out with them for a long time, and I wanted to go. This was a special workout this morning. The leadership was changing over, and I hadn't been in a long time because I'd been so sick. And I really wanted to be there to show my support, to see my friends, and to get a workout. That's you know the bonus, right? For social workout situations is you actually do get a workout in, the, in addition to seeing all your friends. So when I go to November Project, I live in New Jersey now and the workouts on Wednesday mornings are on the Upper East Side. So that requires a 4.20 a.m. wake up for me, which, you know, isn't so pleasant. But knowing that there's going to be a couple hundred people there waiting for you makes it a little bit easier. So on that given morning, it was March 8th. That, that date is like ingrained in my head now. So March 8th, I wake up at 4:20 in the morning. I like roll out of bed. I throw on some clothes. I get out the door. I get in my Uber to the Upper East Side, you know, rolling up nice and fancy. Uh, I did the workout and it was great. I loved seeing my friends and running around and and meeting the new leaders. Super excited for them. So if you're in New York City, make sure you check it out Wednesday morning, November Project, Gracie Mansion. Uh, the leaders are awesome. Anyway, I have a point with all of this. So then I came home and it wasn't until I got home that I realized I was in such a different place as when I used to go to these workouts. So a big thing to know about November Project is that at any given workout, there are people taking photos. That's kind of, you know, the group doesn't advertise, it's free, so the way that they started spreading awareness and getting the movement to grow in the beginning was through social media, of course. So there are people taking photos at every workout. It's like a big thing that in a couple hours after each workout, there's a whole photo album that goes up online and everyone's sharing their pictures from the workout because you have a good time, right? You want to show everyone. And it wasn't until I started seeing photos that I realized, oh, wow, I didn't pay any attention to how I looked at the workout and I know it sounds kind of weird because a lot of people don't pay attention to how they look when they work out. Right. But I was so accustomed to these people taking photos and, and caring about how I was going to look in them that I paid attention to those things before, you know, like i I might put a nice little braid in my hair. Cause yes, I always wear braids in my hair, but like maybe cause it'll look a little cute or I would pay attention to my outfit. And, um, on that given morning, I did everything the same. I hugged the same friends. I made new friends. I ran the same loop that we always run, but I didn't care about my body that morning. And I got home and I was like, wow, that is freeing as hell. So why do I tell you this? Because I spent most of my life hating my body. I always blame it on the fact that I grew up as a dancer, right? That's like my thing. Oh, well, I hated my body because I grew up as a dancer. And, you know, we learn to be really critical and we scrutinize our bodies and we're surrounded by mirrors and we are constantly looking at our flaws. Is that true? Yeah, sometimes. And you are surrounded by mirrors. And especially if you're in ballet, like in ballet, there's a right and a wrong way to do everything. It's not like contemporary or other styles that are a little bit more lax and allow for a little bit more, <laughs> I guess, literal wiggle room. Uh, in ballet, it's like, no, this this is what your turnout should be. This is where first position is. This is how high your relevance should be. And if you're not there, it's your own fault. It's not the teacher didn't teach you badly. It's that your body isn't doing what you want, whether it's not strong enough, it doesn't look a certain way, whatever that is, there's all these reasons that as dancers we get into hating our bodies. So it's always kind of been my default that I was a dancer. I hate my body. And senior year of high school, I actually did have a dance teacher. Like my studio was, I I went to a couple studios, but, uh, mine was great in terms of like body stuff. Wasn't really an issue. I did have one teacher my senior year who like, she was a hot shot, you know, she came from New York City and started to teach for our little studio in Concord, New Hampshire. And she did sit our group down, our group of seniors, and she said, and she looked right at me and was like, You'd be able to jump a lot higher if you weighed less. And I remember being like, Well, oh, that was rude. But also kind of knowing it was true, I had gained a lot of weight. I got mono when I was 16, and most people lose weight when they get mono. I decided I was only going to eat mint chocolate chip ice cream because my throat was so sore and the mint chocolate chip ice cream felt really good on the way down. So I actually gained probably like 20 or 30 pounds when I had mono and I never lost it. Because I was in high school, I just, I don't know. it, It was, maybe it was different back then. It just wasn't really something we talked about. Or, or were concerned about. I, I used to use a Vera Bradley tote bag in high school, very fashion forward in Kentucky, New Hampshire. And I would keep a box of those like saltine oyster crackers. I would keep a box of oyster crackers open in my bag. And all throughout the day, I was just constantly reaching into that bag and eating oyster crackers. Not a super satisfying snack, but I was like addicted to them. Anyway, I had a really bad diet. I ate a lot of crap. I was always at dance. so I was active, but I was not eating well. And my, you know, my mom cooked all of our meals. We were fed very well, but nutrition wasn't totally something we talked about. Growing up being a dancer, I I was very active and my body was just a body. Like maybe it's because I was a teenager, but I I don't know. I went through puberty at 15, 16, got mono, gained some weight. And, and that was that, like, I wasn't super obsessed with my body as a teenager. So then you might think, okay, well then you went to college. So that's when you really got your body issues, right? No, I actually, I gained some weight freshman year and then I lost weight sophomore year. I was dating this boy. Hi, Connor. Connor, if you're listening. Um, I really liked you and I stopped eating when we were dating because I wanted to make sure you liked me. Um, and then you broke up with me when you went on spring break for Pam Mac. I'm totally over it. Like, it's fine. But anyway, (laughs) senior year is when I started to like not have a great relationship with food or I'm sorry, college is when I started not have a great relationship with food. I was, I never had an eating disorder. I never, um, was really crazy about it. I just, again, I wasn't fueling myself as best I could. I was also in college. I was on the dance team. And so I was active, but we only practiced three times a week, which is not very much compared to when I was dancing six or seven days a week in high school. So it was maybe a little less active. Occasionally my roommates and I would go to the gym and like dilly dally around on the elliptical, but it was more for people watching than anything else. And again, we didn't really talk about body stuff. I feel like The word, when I was in college, you would never say the word fat. I was an adult the first time I heard people casually throwing around the word fat, like, oh, I feel so fat today. We'll get to that. So I look back now on what I looked like in college, and I'm just kind of like, I was just really out of shape. Like, I had no muscle. I was not strong. I don't know how I got through the, the kick line. Practices and performances I did because I was basically living on grilled cheese and chicken fingers by day and then mixed drinks of flavored vodka or Franzia at night and then a nice round of pizza to to top it all off at 2 a.m. So college was kind of like you, you, I was aware of my body. And I, I definitely remember sophomore year having two roommates who they were both so thin, had these like slamming bodies and they knew it. And they would, we would all be getting ready to go out and like, you know, I, there were nine girls in our dorm and me and some of them, we'd be sitting out in the common room, just like drinking and pre-gaming. And they, the two of them would stand in the bathroom, curling their hair or whatever, and looking at each other like, oh my God, you look so skinny. No, you look so skinny. Oh my God, your boobs look so good. No, your boobs look so, just like complimenting each other back and forth. And we would all laugh about it. Like, oh, they sound insane. But again, it wasn't damaging to me. That was just kind of like, that's what they're doing and we're out here drinking and having fun and it's fine. Let's go get some quesadillas. So that was college. The other thing that I really remember happening in college was I would come home for break, usually Christmas break or summer. And because, you know, my weight kind of fluctuated a lot and I remember sophomore year or freshman year, even freshman, sophomore year, I was losing weight and I would come home from school and I would see like all my parents, friends, and they'd be like, oh my gosh, you look so good wow, Allison, you look amazing. Everyone from New Hampshire calls me Allison, not Allie. And they would tell me how good I looked. And that got really addicting because I wasn't used to that. And it was kind of like, oh, like, you know, this was never, my appearance was never a topic of conversation before. But now all of a sudden I'm at Christmas Eve and everyone's telling me how good I look. And I think that's an interesting thing that when you lose weight, even if you didn't, you know have to, or I just did air quotes. You couldn't see them, but I, you know, air quotes have to, if you didn't have to lose weight, or even if you looked amazing before, people will start commenting on your appearance. They'll say you look great. They'll tell you how good you look. And that can feel like a real confidence boost, of course, until it stops. And I think that's when things can start to feel a little damaging. So I was going home for breaks. I was getting these compliments. I really liked it but there was nothing super negative. There were times that I would put on my kickline uniform and I'd be like, oh, this doesn't look great or this feels a little tight, but I I didn't ever lose sleep over it. This goes back to, I think we talk about body issues often stemming from childhood or adolescence. And I always kind of accepted that, but that really just wasn't the case for me. And I didn't realize that until somewhat recently. I didn't always love my body as a high school and college student, definitely not, but I don't remember obsessing over it the way I did once I entered certain parts of the post-collegiate, we'll call it the real world. My issues actually started, my issues with my body, started when I began running. Now, as much as I love running and as much as I attribute so much of my happiness and success to what running has given me, running also inadvertently became the root of a lot of my problems with my body. I started working out pretty regularly back in 2008 after I moved to New York City. I started running, joined a gym, became hooked on group fitness classes, and I loved them. I wasn't going for any reason except that I really loved those group fitness classes. They were fun. I hadn't really had a regular workout program before, and and I liked it. I liked that I felt good. I was feeling strong. I could see progress. It was something I would do with my roommate at the time, and I was just really into it. Crunch Fitness, man, you guys were doing it right. So I had also started running, so I would run in the morning, and then at night I would go to Crunch, and I would do like a chisel class, I was really into those, or kickboxing. And I realized that there were all these women at the location I went to who would do the chisel class, then the kickboxing, then the 30-minute abs class. And I didn't even know that was an option. I was like, oh, I thought you just did one class, then you went home, that was enough. But these women were doing all three and these were like the women were were all kinds of shapes, sizes, ages, and they were doing hours of exercise every night. And I was like, oh, okay, that seems fun. I'll do that too. So all of a sudden, I'm running, yeah, I was running like three to five miles in the morning and then working out for more hours in the evening. Like, how did I have time to do anything? So I, I genuinely started running and working out for all the right reasons. I wanted to feel healthy. I wanted to get strong and I wanted to have fun. But within a few years of this new lifestyle of mine, it had spiraled out of control. And of course, it's so easy for me to look back and see this now, but I, I definitely didn't at the time. It wasn't until I was working out to the point of injury that I realized I was actually less happy than I had been before. I had lost weight, which was great. I And I did, I had some weight to lose, like just that college weight, nothing super like transformational or that I would call a weight loss journey. But yeah, I had lost some weight. And with that, I had lost a lot of happiness, unfortunately. I had become dependent on exercise to make me happy. And I realized, Isn't it supposed to be the other way around? Wouldn't all of my problems go away if I was permanently a size four? No, of course not. But I liked how I looked. I liked that I felt fitter. I liked that I looked better. Uh, and, And a big thing at the time is I was working at Dance Spirit. And I adored that job. I worked with people who became my best friends. And I genuinely loved going into work every single day. But we had totally created a toxic environment. My staff was a group of five adult women. And every morning, you know, we would we would kind of gather in the morning. It was always fun. We would talk about the insane things our significant others had done the night before. Like Brian leaving the kitchen cabinets open or leaving the collar stays from his dry cleaning shirts all over the floor. And I taught the girls, I was like, to get revenge, I like to stick them inside his shoes it wasn't really getting revenge. He would then just take them out of his shoes and leave them on the floor. But I remember that being a permanent topic of conversation in our group. But eventually we would shift from talking about our significant others to our outfits because we always dressed up at Dance Spirit. It was really fun. If you read my blog, you might remember my bathroom mirror selfies from back in the day. I was so proud of those. And then it would, the conversation would most likely turn to our body issues. And I look back now and it's like, those scenes were straight out of Mean Girls where we would just nitpick everything about ourselves in this really odd fire fueling, like cyclical way. And it, it was like that scene in Mean Girls where they're standing in Regina George's room talking about the dumb things from, you know, Oh, my love handles to their, that my nail beds suck. I have bad breath in the morning. Like, Oh my gosh so insane but we would all do it fuel each other's fire that was also the time when I discovered the healthy living blog world and for all of the amazing things the internet and blogging has done for me for all the amazing people the wonderful communities I have been so fortunate to be a part of I look back now at some of the stuff I was reading and a lot of the stuff that I myself was writing and I cringe and I'm just like, ah, get it off the internet. And a lot of it still exists, which is scary. A lot of those, a lot of the blogs that I started reading have not changed all that much. Some, of course, have, so go girls. A lot of these blogs seemed really innocent at first, but now I'm very clearly able to look back on some of the ones I was reading, and the first word that comes to mind is disordered because there were a lot of unhealthy behaviors being paraded around as totally normal, and I was in a very impressionable place in my life, and I found myself following suit in many ways. Uh, You know just the the not eating very much but working out to insane degrees and and all telling each other that's kind of what you do and it's fun and if you run for three hours in the morning and then you just drink some you know drink a smoothie you're you're so strong and you're so amazing and and yay you but um I think in many cases there's a lot more (laughs) going on behind the scenes Uh, So eventually I left my job at Dance Spirit, which is also when I started going to November Project. And instead of leaving my body issues behind at Dance Spirit, as I should have done, my most deeply rooted issues actually developed during my early days of November Project. And that, let me make very clear, that is no fault of November Project itself. November Project is the most uplifting, empowering, positive community I've probably ever found. Um... This, this stuff was all on me. Having photos taken at each workout became something I hated and that started from day one with me. I went to my first November Project workout in May 2014 and I was wearing one of my very favorite tank tops. It's like black and white striped and I threw my hair up in a messy bun because the workout was at 6 30 in the morning and my appearance was the last thing on my mind Uh, and then a few hours later I was at work I was working at a running store at the time and I remember seeing the much anticipated post workout photo album on Facebook and there I was in all my striped tank top glory and I hated what I saw and I remember flipping through that album and repeatedly untagging myself and obsessing over those photos. Like I couldn't stop looking at them. I hated how I looked. I I really really struggled. And if you've ever had a less than flattering race photo, maybe you can relate, but I harped on this. Never mind the fact that I was just coming back to running after a nearly 2 year Crohn's disease flare. Nope. Didn't want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about how I looked or how I thought I looked because my gosh, it's a photo and it's a photo of me running and good looking running photos are kind of hard to come by sometimes. Those weekly snapshots and those photo albums became something of an obsession for me. I started choosing my outfits more carefully. I started becoming aware when I was running towards someone with a camera and I'd flash a big smile. And yes, I was having fun. The smiles were never fake, I promise. But I was also always on and it was exhausting. So then the albums would go up online and I'd fly to the computer to stalk them and scrutinize everything about myself and, and it was crazy. Like I, Wednesday mornings, 11 AM album goes up. There I was just flipping through finding a photo of myself and, and looking at everything I hated about it. And I wasn't the only one because kind of like I had my little crew at dance spirit there. uh, Many of my friends from November project were doing the exact same thing I was doing. So we would talk about it. We would say things like, oh my god, I look so huge in that photo, or how bad is the album today? Are there any good ones, or are they all disgusting of me? These lovely, wonderful photo albums, taken by people who would show up at six in the morning just to do something nice for everyone, were not serving me positively, but I kept going back to them. I could have really easily just not looked at the albums, because in real life, I wasn't at the point where I was constantly hating myself, but looking at these photos drove me to that point. So suddenly, and, and this was like in my mid 20s, I was 26 at the time. Wait, no, no, I was older. I was like 27, 28 at the time, and I had become this woman who was obsessing over everything body related. And it was never in an I need to lose weight way so much as it was just a general constant check in about how I looked. I never dieted, I never really changed my eating habits in an effort to look, quote, better. I was just always tuned into my appearance. And most of the time, I, I don't even think I realized I was doing it. I look back on old like blog posts and Instagram photos with captions like, and this is an actual caption I once used, quote, thighs by Velveeta. And I do love me some Velveeta shells and cheese. I haven't had it in a couple years, but it used to be one of my favorite foods, again, with the not so healthy food groups for most of my life. But I would make these constant like jokes about my thighs or whatever. And I think it's fine to joke about that stuff from time to time. But my innocent comments were kind of constant, no matter what shape my body was in at the time. So finally got to the point. And then of course, Brian and I got engaged. Yay, that was great. And then life leading up to the wedding, life wasn't stressful, but you know, there is the whole, I'm going to be in a wedding dress and in front of a lot of people and having lots of photos taken. And I think that weighed on me more than I would have admitted at the time. And so I know I was stressed about that. And then last year I hit my breaking point because I realized I was so happy, except that I really, really wasn't. I was a blissed out newlywed. Brian and I had just gotten married. We went on a once in a lifetime honeymoon to Africa. I was working a wonderful job. I had gone freelance, so I had a nice flexible schedule working for editors that I loved and clients that I really respected. And I had a brand new puppy. I was living in Manhattan. I was blocks from Central Park, which is my favorite place in the world. And I had lots of good friends, great relationships, right? So on paper, that's, that's a pretty good life. You know, was everything perfect No, but that's a pretty good life. And instead of focusing on all that incredible stuff, I scrutinized my appearance for like 20 hours a day. I was constantly just like second naturedly, is that a word? The word now. I was always tugging at my clothes all the time, always finding something to dislike. And I was talking about it to my friends all the time. I had like a couple friends that we were just constantly talking about our body stuff and what it looked like and what we didn't like and blah, blah, blah. And I remember getting to the point where I was boring myself. I would talk to certain friends and realize I was saying the same stupid stuff about what I, about my body, like Why is that what we were talking about and not much more meaningful stuff? So I finally, I just said enough. And I put a hard stop on the fat talk, the body obsession, the constant body related analysis. I was done. I stopped thinking my appearance had anything to do with my self-worth, my intelligence, my professional life, my relationships. I stopped asking Brian if Every time he took a photo, I could look at it immediately and then decide whether or not I needed him to retake it in a more flattering way. I just said, enough. I'm not doing this anymore. And it worked. I literally told myself, Allison, stop doing this. And I stopped overnight. I know a lot of people talk about how their journey to learning to love their body took years. And, and if that works, that is wonderful but I took action immediately. The shift was immediate and it was pretty remarkable. Just like I unfollow people on Instagram or Facebook who aren't positively serving me, I unfollowed the part of my brain that was telling me to focus all my energy on my reflection. I know this sounds a little bit preachy. Do I love my body every single day? No, but I also don't think about it every single day. I know, and I very much accept now, that my self-worth has nothing to do with my appearance and everything to do with who I am as a person, with how I treat others, and with how many kisses I get in the morning from my puppy. So this isn't a preachy, like, love your body no matter what post, because I think We throw the phrase body positivity around a lot these days. And I think in theory, that's a really great thing, being body positive. But I think in practice, sometimes just achieving body neutrality is okay too. The key that I have found is not making body negativity or total body scrutiny and hatred the driving force in my everyday life. Right now, I am not my leanest. I'm not my most muscular I'm not, uh, fitting into a lot of the stuff that I used to fit into. I'm, you know, I'm also, I'm getting a little bit older I, and your body changes and that's fine. So I may not weigh what I once weighed. I actually don't really know what I weigh. I don't really weigh myself, but I feel a lot lighter. And I really realized that at that November project workout. See, we came full circle. We're now back to March 8th when, when I went to November project because, I had spent so much time obsessing over my body, and I look at that now and I'm like, man, it is so freeing to have given that up and to just be able to go through life not focusing on things that don't matter. Your body matters. If your body is unhealthy, that matters. I've been through times where I've been very unhealthy, and so yeah, when I'm going through a Crohn's flare, I obsess over my body, not what it looks like, but how it feels. And I think that it is very important to feel confident and strong, whatever that word means to you. But I think ultimately just not making what we look like such a big deal. And I think we see a lot of, you know, side by side comparison photos, like whether it's before and after or, you know, transformational or even like, here's a bad race photo, but it's okay. I love how I look. Like that's fine if it empowers you. But again, I think that that's a situation where we're making things a thing and things are only a thing when you make them a thing. I just said thing a million times in a row. But my point is that we obsess over things that we create. Like if someone out in the world is reading my blog, is looking at my pictures, is following me on Instagram and is saying like, whoa, Allie looks like she gained some weight that's totally fine. And I don't mean right now. I'm not saying I have or haven't. I don't know. I don't care. If people out in the world are looking at my body, that's fine. That's probably more on them than it is on me. I think we, it's just really important to get to a place where happiness is not reliant on our appearance. And we don't, most people don't scrutinize our hair. We don't scrutinize our skin. We don't scrutinize our nails. So why are we scrutinizing the shape of our bodies? That's a really specific thing to get angry about. Let's let's put our energy to better use and and in more productive ways. So, I don't have a beautiful way to wrap this up. I'll just say that that was episode 22 of the Alley on the Run show. Uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about how I got to where I am because honestly it it feels really good to be at this place where I'm not talking about my body and and I love I love my girlfriends but so many of them do this every day oh I need to go I need to do a cleanse I need to like tone up before this event and like it's a lot. Yes, we want to feel good. We want to look our best. I'm all about that. I, I probably wouldn't run as much as I did if I didn't want to feel my best, but I think that, uh, yeah, life is better now that I am much more chill about how I look. So highly encourage you to, if you are in a place where you're spending time and energy focused on what you dislike about your appearance, try to put a stop on that and, and try to make the shift overnight. Try to go a day, a week, a month without negative body talk. You don't have to look in the mirror and repeat affirmations every morning and list 14 things you love about your torso. Like you don't have to go crazy with it, but just uh, just try to make a shift and I think that you'll feel a lot better and happier and, and lighter. So do that and then if you feel like it, Go over to iTunes, leave a rating and review for the Alley on the Run show. I would love you so very much. And have a great day, and I'll see you back here on Thursday.